So in uh, Star Trek, they have this thing called uh, the replicator. Yes. And essentially, it's like a, a mass energy converter. It can convert mass to energy and energy to mass, making anything you want. In the Star Trek prequel, Enterprise, they had something called the protein resequencer. It didn't make stuff, but it resequenced them in a way that uh, that made food. I was witness to something tonight that was very near that. Yes. So this last week, my wife had a birthday, and for her birthday, her I didn't father. I know it was a birthday thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For her birthday, her father got her something called a Bartesian. There was actually a little bit confusion about how to pronounce it, but Chris here found the best, most refined way to pronounce the word. Yeah, you say found like I looked it up. No, no, I, I just I looked at the word and was like, I think it says Bartesian. So he really holds this over me, the fact that he feels like he knows how to read better than I do. I do. Um, yeah, well, it is one of my secret shames that I'm a poor reader. Um, that's actually 100% a true story for me. I am... Not a very strong reader. But <clears throat> so the reason why Daniel brings up the replicator from Star Trek is the Bartesian is a cocktail maker that's the only thing that I can describe it as is it is a Keurig for cocktails. You put the little cup in, you provide the booze, and it makes you a cocktail at the push of a button. Now, and he says this, but the the visual of how it happens is quite impressive. So the machine itself does look like a Keurig coffee machine. And it comes with the apparently like these plastic bottles that you put just like regular liquor, I guess, in. And those are like your ingredients. Yes. And then you have the pods and whether you want like a Manhattan or a kamikaze, you put the appropriate pod in, and you put the appropriate alcohol bottle in the receptacle, and then you press a button and things happen. It was pretty impressive to watch, to be totally honest. Yeah. I mean, we truly live in the future. It's the future, guys. <laughs> we, we, we've seen it, and its name is Bartesian. I have no opinion. Just kidding. I have too many opinions. Wait, you know what? I actually do have something to say about that. You did it again. Proceed. I have an idea about that. Well, here was that. Here's what I was thinking. You know what? I, I saw something the other day. Welcome to I Have Something to Say About That. My name is Chris C. I'm and I'm here with Daniel Z. Greetings. And we are I Have Something to Say About That. And uh, we do have uh, quite a few things to say tonight. It's going to be uh, it, uh, an intense one. We're going to try, I mean, normally we like to do a little bit of banter and stuff here at the beginning, but it's going to be a pretty uh, dense episode, so we're going to try to get into it. The one thing that I do always want to mention here at the top of our episodes is how grateful we are that you find people actually take time out of your finite lives to listen to us talk about... Today it's going to be comic books. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so thank you for listening. If you like what we're talking about and you're enjoying what we're doing, please give us a five-star review. Leave a comment. Let us know what you like. We're still in the very early parts of the podcast. So we're trying to figure out like good formats that people like, kind of what type of topics people like to hear. So any sort of feedback we get from you fine folks is uh, greatly appreciated. So thanks for listening. And Chris? 
Yeah, I mean, seriously, we are flying by the seat of our pants here. We are trying to figure out the cadence in which we talk about things and what resonates with the most people and what topics resonate with the most people. So any feedback from the audience is greatly appreciated. If people are resonating more with our science chats, we want to do more science stuff. If people are resonating more with... Uh, our our pop culture goofiness. I mean, I'm always down to talk about pop culture goofiness. Like 90% of what I think about is like pop culture goofiness. Um, <laughs> and the other 10% is like science fiction. So welcome to the podcast. Um, today we have an interesting topic. We want to uh, break down the Batman. Absolutely. The movie has been out for longer than a month now. And so our usual month-long embargo for spoilers is lifted for the Batman. So if you have not seen the Batman, first of all, what's wrong with you? I'm judging you harshly. But also, spoilers for the Batman if you have not seen it. This might be the episode to skip. And we'll put uh, any other spoilers that we kind of touch on um, in the doobly-doo below. But go ahead and just kind of bet on any sort of Batman topic to be uh, fair game. So if there's any batman movies or comics or anything that you haven't read and you really don't want those spoiled skip this episode for now and then come back and and see us later mm-hmm. and even more so than talking about the batman because we're actually going to be talking about that later on in this episode what we're actually going to dig into is robert pattinson as batman as compared to all of the other actors who have portrayed Batman in the past. It's a Batman showdown. How many Batman are there? 27. No, that's not true at all. Uh, um, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 actors who have portrayed Batman on the silver screen. So we can say like 7 Batman enters, 1 Batman leaves. Absolutely. And that's the reason why we are jumping right into this episode, because uh, be that lot. is a lot of Batman to talk about. I mean, when we talk about Batman, we're, we're mostly going to be focusing on the movies for their like different stylized portrayals of Batman. But in order to talk about Batman, we got to kind of take it back to the beginning. Batman was originally released in DC Comics, right? As yep. a DC Comics. Uh, which is a short form for Detective comics and i'm gonna bring this up definitely later on but one of the quintessential features for me anyway for any sort of batman is that he's got to be a detective yes and so it makes total sense that he debuted in uh detective comics and if you actually look back at some of these older comics like these original comics that he was in it was very much just a detective he he did have the costume and i think he had the cape and the cowl but he mostly just did cop work. He was not swinging around the city or driving a super crazy car. He did eventually get a super crazy car with a giant bat symbol in the front. It was a little bit ostentatious in the comics, but he was very much just kind of like a regular detective. And bear in mind that this was 1938. We're talking about, what, six, seven years after the Great Depression? No TV, barely radio? Was there even radio? No, I mean, there was radio by that... Well, like so, popular were there like radio shows? Because I, I bet Batman debuted on a radio show. I'm not. I'm sure oh, I'm sure there was show. a radio broadcast of Batman. Well, to put it into perspective, King Kong came out in the 20s, and that was you know a motion picture with like stop motion and well another another thing to take into account like 
movies with sound also is in the 20s. King Kong, like, so from movies from, this is the first movie with sound in it, to freaking King Kong was only three years of a period of time. It was a it was a really crazy expansion. I mean, like the 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 advent of stop motion and the discovery, I guess, of like uh, forced perspective shots. Yeah, um, absolutely. Were, you know, they were able to make these like super awesome models and shoot them in a way that made them look like they were giant skyscrapers. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. It, it film and television was around by that point, but I don't think they were in every household. By the time Batman came out in 1938. So you're trying to say that Batman is older than TV? I Yes, I'm going to say maybe, that. And maybe even radio? Uh, Were there radio? Was like the Lone Ranger? I mean, Lone Ranger, yeah, Lone Ranger was definitely around. In the 1930, in 1938? Uh, sure. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> to Google this. This makes for excellent podcast. Uh, oh, sure, sure. Here. The clickety-clacks um, of, a, of a keyboard. Here, it's happening. It's yeah. happening. So I want to, while he's Googling that, I want to make absolutely clear that uh, Bartesian and no, at no point has sponsored this episode. It was just us talking about how cool we thought this thing was. But, I mean, if Bartesian wants to send some money our way, I mean, we're, we're We'll accept any sort of happy. sponsors from Bartesian yeah. or Keurig for that matter. Although I will say the difficulty in constructing a good cocktail versus the difficulty of brewing a cup of coffee seems a little bit um, disproportional. I think the Bartesian may be a uh, more, it's a more of a work multiplier than the, the Keurig. Okay. Yeah. So Bartesian, you know how to reach us. Our email is in the description. All right. Email, hit us up on Instagram or down take your sponsorship. <laughs> All right. Lone Ranger, 1933. Okay. So, so we're talking, uh, was it, was it 39 for Batman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so six years after the debut of The Lone Ranger. Oh, my God. Are we going to have to look up when so, Zorro came out? Um, We're talking about mass crime Actually, uh, in Batman's original origin story, they oh. went to go see a Zorro film. That was the movie uh, that they went when, saw. When um, the Martha and, and Thomas Wayne. Uh, spoilers. If you've never seen any Batman property any, ever. Any Batman. <laughs> Martha and Thomas Wayne getting axed. By who? That really depends on the version of Batman that you uh, are consuming. But uh, but yeah, Batman, I think, came up, was, right. was created in and around like mass media growing up. So like I think Batman grew up with mass media. He is he's literally as old as mass media, like mm-hmm. you said, which is probably why he said has such a huge cultural presence and general draw for people cuz like I'm kind of a red teamer, meaning that like I'm down to take the opposite view just just kind of for fun, right? Even sure. if it's not something that I necessarily but I'm going to I kind of want to make sure that you you know, that you can you can take a little bit of opposition when it comes to things. I like Batman. I take a little bit of ex- exception as to how much everybody else seems to like Batman. I mean, he's okay, but he's not my favorite. As as somebody who has always been a Spider-Man diehard, I'll agree with you there. I think Batman appeals to uh, the the people who want to do something about like injustice in the world. Like Spider-Man wants to do good, right? Like he he just but wants to like help people, but like like Batman is actually like railing against like the injustices 
of the world. And I think that does resonate with a lot of people. So Batman, combination of like growing up with mass media, combination of uh, like just resonating with certain audiences. It was a zeitgeist. Uh, even more so than I think like Superman with Adventure Comics, also owned by the same parent company that DC was owned at. I mean, I, that's why I, I, they I all exist to, in the same to, universe. I hate to um actually you here, but I believe it was Action Comics. Action Comics, sorry. Adventure Comics was something different. And I just looked it up. 1938. So Superman is only one year older than Batman, and both of them are older than, like, radio, mass media, let alone television or movies or anything like that. Or anything in the, the Marvel universe. Like, the, the, these guys are the granddaddies of them all. There's a reason they call this, like, the golden age of comic books. Mm-hmm. Like these are the, the new gods. So, Batman was created by Bob Kane. Mm-hmm. Got to give him a shout out. Nineteen thirty-nine. It was fairly popular with the, like I said, the detective aspects of it, and eventually it was made into a live-action television series, mm-hmm. um, which also then led to a feature-length film. Oh, right, the one with the bomb. And I just want to say right now, one of my earliest memories that I am able to like timestamp was or is watching the Adam West Batman. Uh, TV show on our cathode raid cathode raid tube TV in the house that my parents owned in Pocatello when I was like maybe three, four, five. Like this is easily one of my earliest memories. But I, one of my earliest memories is watching the Adam West Batman. Well, that's a great segue because let's start talking about the live action adaptations. Remember of the bell when I when remember the bell that I ring when he <laughs> mentions the fact that I just segued into a topic. I'm ringing yeah. the ding. There it is. Ding. Yeah, okay. Perfect. There we go. That's my bell. By the the 1960s, Ed Graham Productions optioned the television rights to the comic book Batman and planned a straightforward juvenile adventure show much like Adventures of Superman and The Lone Ranger, to air on CBS on Saturday mornings. This is all quoting uh, the Wikipedia article of the 1960s Batman show. East Coast ABC executive Yale Udoff, a Batman fan in his childhood, contacted ABC executives Harv Bennett and Edgar J. Sherrick. I apologize if I'm butchering any of these people's names who were already considering developing a television series based on a comic book strip action hero to suggest a primetime Batman series in the hip and fun style of The Man from U.N.C.L.E. When negotiations between CBS and Graham stalled, DC Comics quickly reobtained rights and made a deal with ABC, which which farmed the rights out to 20th Century Fox. So this is where things get interesting, because... Uh, when 20th Century Fox was handed the project, they gave it to uh, a William Dozier, or Dozier, D-O-Z-I-E-R. I'm going to say Dozier, and his production company, Greenway Productions. ABC and Fox were expecting a hip and fun, yet still serious adventure show. Well, boy, did they have something in store for them. I don't know. <laughs> I, I generally assume that people younger than me have not seen Adam West Batman. They maybe are there memes 
Are there I'm me- sure there are. There are there memes that feature Adam yeah, West Batman? I, when, when I type stuff into like like the GIF keyboard on my phone, a lot of times Adam West Batman still pops up. I'm going to be honest, the, the, the best Adam West meme that I know is that, you know, sometimes you can't get rid of a bomb, but that's, you can say that, but people aren't going to know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try it out this week. I'm going right. to see, I'm see try if he gets my, try uh, yeah. some days you can't get rid of a yeah. bomb uh, reference, and we'll see. Yeah, it, it'll be like the, if you know, you know, kind of thing. So Dozier, when he was handed the project, had never read any of the comic books before and concluded after reading several of the comics for research that the only way to make the show work was to do a pop art campy comedy. Originally, an uh, espionage novelist Eric Ambler was to script the TV show. But he dropped out after learning of Dossier's campy comedy approach. It was um, very, I mean, I'll be honest, it kind of had a very Austin Powers feel. It does, And yeah. maybe that's because Austin Powers really captured that swinging 60s vibe that this Batman, to me, does. I mean, absolutely. I think, feels like I think the 60s. The creators of the Batman show understood the audience at the time. And there was a lot of serious stuff going on in the 60s. There was, was a, a lot of serious stuff going on in the 60s. Woodstock. A, a, yeah. Well, I mean, civil rights movement. Oh, yeah. You know, the uh, we were going to be landing on the moon that decade as well. There was a lot of social unrest, the Cold War going on. I've heard about this. Um, I think having something that was just goofy and not serious at all was important. At the time. Now, let's bring Adam West into the equation here. Okay, so Adam West as Batman. Because honestly, we can... Oh man, all right, we can talk about the Batman series forever, right? But Adam West, like, that each actor brings their own panache mm-hmm. to the character. Yep. So how Adam West got cast as Batman is he was playing a James Bond-like spy... Uh, called Captain Q in uh, the Nestle Quick commercials. He was a very unknown actor at the point. Really ties into what you were just saying there about Austin Powers and whatnot. Well, and now that you say that, and we'll talk about this maybe when we go over the uh, scoring at the end, um, but Adam West's Bruce Wayne was freaking James Bond. Yeah, Like, he was long, and he had that nice voice, like he had that deep baritone, and good-looking dude very confident and uh and just definitely had like he felt like definitely a james bond character yeah absolutely so it was between him and lyle wagner who was in who was the love interest um steve i forget his name (laughs) from uh the wonder woman series so it there was definitely a vibe they were going for okay uh, for this character it wasn't a detective that they were hiring for this role it was a secret agent that they okay. were hiring for this role so that was the vibe that was that they were definitely going for and when you look at this show totally makes sense and it, yeah it totally has that secret agent man from uncle uh get smart type of feel to it they had the uh the iconic bat poles Right? So they would go in, when it was time for the Cape Crusaders to swing into action, they would go into the study and they would pull back the bust of William Shakespeare and they'd press that button and the wall would slide open and there would be the two bat poles properly labeled, 
uh, with yep. Batman and Robin, so they know which one was theirs. Well, because if um, they slid down the wrong poles, they'd get dressed they'd the get wrong dressed way. Because they go down in their civilian attire, their civvies, right? And as they're sliding down the pole through... I'm going to be honest, I have thought more about the mechanism that applied the costumes right? to Batman and Robin than <laughs> most anything else about that original Batman series. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. What... What sort of, yeah. did what, they let go of the pole so they could like put their extend their arms out? So you're thinking it could, it's like, like a cap, them? you're thinking it's like a an Iron Man in Avengers situation where he has the suit that like material that like flies in and like materializes around him. I personally imagine some sort of uh, grommet, a Wallace and Gromit, a Wallace and Gromit type of Goldberg machine where like they're sliding down the poles and then maybe they go into a tube and then these like robot arms like. I guess rip off their clothes. Like I don't know how I don't know how that happened. I mean, that's now my head cannon. I mean, I mean and, you you've done it. You've you've solved the mystery for me. And honestly, and they, <laughs> and it's it seems like it happened super fast, which is super impressive. It was uh they and this is where most of if not well, I mean, Batman's a very quintessential comic book character, but everybody was in this show, right? We had Joker, we had Penguin, we had Riddler, we had Catwoman. All of the names that yeah, anybody with, who knows Batman knows with about two notable exceptions, which oh. we're gonna get to when okay. we talk about uh, the Christian Bale Batman. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So I love Adam West. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I, I doubt he would win in any fights with any of the later Batman. Well, that. You say, like if if we're if we, we're gonna yeah, if we're no, gonna look here we haven't got to that point yet so we haven't got to that that's point maybe yeah. but I'm gonna say Adam West Batman he might be a little bit of sleeper yeah all um, right well okay so, so right now long, the current number one spot is current Adam, one, West. Adam West <laughs> when did the Adam West Batman series end what year was that the I I want to say 1968 yes so the popular show ran from 1966 to 1968. And a feature-length film uh, was released in 1966. So a feature film was released the first year that the show was out, and then the show ran for another two years after that. Now, and, was... it, and the format that it was in was it was it ran twice a week. Each episode was a two-parter, so each week was like a full, a full episode. episode. Oh, right, because that has the quintessential... To, same uh, bat time, yeah. same bat channel. To see what happens to our Cape Crusaders. Tune in next or tune in next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Absolutely. Now, uh, with the exception you know, of the third season, the third know, season, the final season, they did not do that. It was all. It yep. was all Which I think was like probably three, the first sign that things were going were downhill. Like Forty-five minute episodes. They were like full episodes together, showed at the same time. Do you think? Makes me sad about how few people are going to get the same bat time, same bat channel. I don't think that meme... Um, it's an older meme, but I don't know if it checks out anymore. So, actually, even I I made that comment just in the last month or so. And and my wife was like, what does that mean? And I and I had to, to explain, okay, so it was same from the Adam West time. Batman show. They would always end on a cliffhanger. And the, the narrator would always be like, all right, tune in next week, same bat time... Or tune in next time because it was at the same week, same but week. but same bat time, same bat time, same bat channel. You, you know, so so even even people of our generation might still get it. Might yeah, might some might get it, but some might not. I think it depends on how so, much you paid attention to the reruns of the Adam West. They don't make. Batman. They don't have reruns of Adam West Batman anymore, bro. I mean, when we were kids, they did. Well, when we were kids, you know how long ago that was? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, um, I guess it's you know worth TI calculators were the pinnacle of technology when we were kids. So right. uh, it's I worth digress. mentioning that uh, Adam West Batman, one of their sticks, like he had all the gadgets, right, that you normally expect, but they were all called bat something yeah because there was the batmobile which sounds okay yeah but but there was also the bat watch the bat watch and and the bat computer and the bat computer by the way was a teletype it spit out a uh type piece of paper that would solve the riddler this was the this This is the 60s this was the 60s um uh, i should actually us this is a real thing yeah you should look it up it's fun to watch you know i should actually just start adopting that i should just see be like this is the the chris computer yeah this is this is the chris car i mean this is the i i i I think I think you can pull it off. I think I can pull it off. I think yeah. pull it off. No, it's gonna be good. <laughs> All, All right. right, we're gonna so, fast forward. Yes, fast 1989. forward. 1989. So it's actually quite a big jump. It's from, a huge from jump. Adam West to the to the next Almost film adaptation to the 90s here. And so Adam West Batman and the original Star Trek were contemporaries. Those yeah. shows were on the same time. Star Trek was probably played a lot more serious than Batman was, but that's kind of the time frame. That Yet the aesthetics at. are oddly the same. Very similar looking. Yeah, I mean it was the 60s. Everybody. There's a lot of psychedelics going on. I was like, everybody was doing so much mushrooms. My 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 normal joke is that everybody does so much cocaine in the eighties. Yeah, but the sixties, nobody was doing cocaine. It was all it was all about yeah, it was all about the hallucinogens. All right, right, perfect. (laughs) Which takes us all the way. So we're going in this 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 hallucinogenic fog all the way up to 1989, when a little movie came out. Those of you that are probably older than us might remember Batman. Batman. The movie. The movie. Yep. And we're not talking about your dad or your we're not talking about the greatest generation's Batman. We're talking about we're talking about a dark, gritty, directed by Tim Burton Tim Burton Batman movie. Yeah. We're we're talking Beetlejuice. We're talking Eraserhead was Eraserhead Tim Burton? Oh man! I don't no, know. no, no, no. That was like, David Lynch. Sorry. Have, have you seen uh, Eraserhead? Nobody. Frankenfurter. Frankenfurter. I was thinking Frankenfurter was uh, Tim Burton. Is that like Young Frankenstein? Uh, it was basically Frankenstein, but his dog. Oh, I yeah. think I saw that. I was traumatized. I don't. I'm gonna be it, honest. It's a, it's it's not as cute of a movie as the. D, uh, as the VHS cover would lead you to believe. Anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say that I don't watch movies with dogs on the posters. The dogs always die. The dogs always die. However, and this is this is important information for everybody to know. There is a website that exists that's called DoesTheDogDie.com, and you go to this site and you type in the name of the movie, and it will tell you whether or not the dog will die. And if the a dog doesn't die. I will watch that movie. Yeah, some heroes don't wear capes. The like dogs. that. Let me let me just uh, let me let me just preface that the person who makes this website is a hero. Because it's important to know. It's too, it seems like a low blow. It's like hitting below the belt. Like we're all gonna be sad. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything as a writer to make me like the dog. And then you just kill it, and then I'm sad. It seems like a cheap shot. All right, we digress. So, 1989, Batman, Tim Burton, Batmania essentially like swept the nation. Like they heard all this stuff was coming out, but there was a lot of controversy too um, because people didn't think that Tim Burton would be able to direct the movie right. They were afraid it was going to be terrible. There were the people that had, I mean, at this point, the only Batman that existed was the super campy Adam West Batman and... 
Which didn't have much relation to the comic books. Not like, necessarily. I mean, like, in name only and some of this stuff, but it was really... And, and we're totally familiar with this. I mean, this literally happens every five or six years with whoever they cast as the new Batman, right? People are like, ah, oh, it's going to be terrible. Like, Hashtag when, not my Batman. Heath Ledger is the Joker. Are you kidding me? That, we'll we'll that, talk about that, Heath Ledger. We'll that talk about guy Heath from Ledger. 10 yep. Things I Hate About You. Um, by the way, the movie recommendation this week is 10 Things I Hate About You. Go watch it. It's Taming of the Shrew, but better. Filmed um, in Tacoma, Washington. Is that real? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Stadium High School. Are you kidding me? Stadium High School is the high school in... Rewatch it. Bro, You're going to go seen, like, I oh, have... I know all of these locations. I have not seen 10 Things I Hate About You probably since I was like 13 years old. However, 1989 Batman. Batmania, sweeping the nation. Tim Burton directing the new movie. People not super confident that he's going to be able to pull it off. One of the things that he really wanted to do was make a... And we've all heard this before. A darker grittier batman that was maybe more true to the comics than the last the last live action version sure we keep pushing the limits of what is darker and grittier um we'll get to that when i talk about robert pattinson's batman but some go ahead of the, some of the people who were considered for the role of the caped crusader was mel gibson kevin costner charlie sheen man that's a snapshot into so, the era so much, aren't you like so all those cocaine. a-listers tom not quite selleck. a-listers right tom now. selleck is batman Sorry, Do you think the mustache would have worked well under the cowl? Well, the Joker from the original. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He had put the... the makeup. He was like, "I'm not shaving the mustache. You just put the makeup on over the mustache." And they're like, "Okay, okay. Nobody's gonna be able to see it on these crappy 1960s TVs." Anyway, keep going. <laughs> so, and then of course, and honestly, generally the 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 Batman is only as good as the villain that he goes up against, right? And so, in 1989, Batman, it was the Joker. We we're gonna see this happen again. And uh, the person who was cast as the Joker, well, a lot of people were considered, um, including somebody like uh, Tim Curry, David Bowie, William Defoe. William William Defoe would have, at, at this point, would have made a great Joker, but he's an incredible Green Goblin. He's such a like, good Green like, Goblin. I like, there's there's a reason why they've never done another Green Goblin. I mean, they kind of did with. Oh no, uh, no, we don't we don't talk in the about amazing it. We Spider-Man, don't talk but about Bruno, we don't talk about Jada, <laughs> we don't talk about Spider-Man yeah, 3. But but yeah, it's just like I I'm glad Sony figured out, hey, we kind of peaked with our original interpretation of the Green Goblin. Let's maybe not try to do that again. Not so a DC and the Joker. <laughs> So, they, but anyway, keep going. Let's not talk about that yet. Let, let's they eventually going. settle on a uh, small time actor um, named Jack Nicholson. Small time, small time actor, <laughs> character bit. He does like bit stuff. You probably don't know him. Um, Jack Nicholson to play the Joker in the 1989 Batman film, which is and this is honestly the 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 previous Batman film. I don't even know if it was released in theaters. It might have been like a made for TV movie. I was think it, 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 it. I think it was released in theaters. Okay. Now, I think. Now, Don't quote me on that. I'm sure there is somebody out there on the internet that will be like, Chris, you are freaking wrong. I but will, I don't think it was. I think it was on the silver screen. I just listened to an episode of The Omnibus, which is another podcast um, with a similar format to ours and possibly more interesting people. Um, you guys should go listen to The Omnibus too, but don't Don't Don't, <laughs> don't, don't not point people to towards us. other podcasts in lieu of us. Anyway, but one thing that I now, after listening to that episode of The Omnibus... They're here, in, they're here in Kent. Like, we could get them on the show. Like, if we're, if we're nice enough to uh, Ken Jennings and John Roderick. 
get them on the show. Sure, sure. No, they're great. They're amazing. Let I'm tag them in the Instagram post. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Jack Nicholson, Jack, as the Joker. Jack as the Nicholson Joker. as the Joker. What is interesting is that this is after a huge revolution in cinema, right? This is a post Star Wars cinema universe. Completely changed the way movies are made. Right. Blockbusters are coming out. Franchises are a big deal. Like, people want to go and see the spectacle. It is, even even now, you think about now, there's no rom-coms that are getting released in theaters. Nobody's going to see a rom-com in theaters. You want to go see a rom-com, you get on Amazon or Netflix and you watch any of the bajillion rom-coms they have on there because they're essentially the same movie that you would have gone and seen in the theaters, but they don't cost $300 million to make, right? And so... This is the first Batman movie after Star Wars, which is a big thing when it comes to cinema. And the hype was real. There were Batman logos everywhere. And people like Batmania literally swept the nation. And Michael Keaton, he brought like a gravitas to the to the role, like way more, you know, straight played it straight than than Adam West. Yeah, Adam West played it campy. Yeah, super campy, although there was a little bit of crazy in Michael Keaton. Just like if you've ever seen Michael Keaton, you know there's a little bit of crazy in there. And so you're like, you know what? Maybe this dude uh, does dress up like a bat and beat up poor people at night. Seems like it might be something he might do. So Michael Keaton, the whole Tim Burton thing brought a whole new aesthetic to Batman. And probably one of the biggest things that was super different was Gotham City, right? Gotham City became a character in 1989 Batman because it was not New York City. It was not Los Angeles. It was not, you know, a set that made it look like... It was... The gothic architecture became an overbearing presence. The, yeah, Gotham City was a place that we did not have in our real world and it kind of transposed the whole Batman story to be somewhat, like, into into somewhat of a fantasy realm just because of the aesthetic. And you realize this is not the world that I live in. This is an entirely different world. And I personally think that's a huge aspect of of what makes, like, good Batman-iness is having that good old Gotham as a character. And I think that's what the most recent Batman movies is missing is 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 gotham as this aesthetic thing but uh let i'll 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 go into that when we talk about like the christian bale and robert pattinson batmans um now this batman was kind of your quintessential batman he had the utility belt he had a batmobile forgot to mention adam west batmobile atomic batteries to maximum turbines to full and it was a convertible to boot. Oh yeah, it was a yeah. It was it, no, it wasn't even a convertible. I don't think it had a top. It was it an open yeah. top. Open top. What happens in, when it rains in Gotham? Which I usually like. It New was, Jersey. Or uh, New York 60s adjacent? Gotham was very sunny. It, 60s it was Gotham like, was basically like California. California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't until Tim Burton's Batman where it oh. just seemed like the sun never rose. <laughs> well, let's be honest. Like the sun rises and falls in Metropolis like normal. But it's always dark and rainy in Gotham. Yep. Um, and what a depressing the, place. That aesthetic <laughs> that he came across, and it, you know Tim Burton. You watch Tim Burton. Beetle. This is post Beetlejuice. Um, the aesthetic was super amazing. Um, hyper realism. Hyper realism. He, he really pushed the hyper realism aesthetic. And again, can Michael Keaton Batman hold up to like the action puissance of the newer Batmans? Not necessarily, but I think the aesthetic was 
to me anyway, was was very Batman. There was a second film that came out, Batman Returns, featured the Penguin, also Michael Michael Keaton. Was that also Tim Burton? It yep, was. that was also Tim Burton. And so same aesthetic, same universe, very similar kind of uh, aesthetic to it. But it um, went even darker than than the 1989. How could you get darker than Penguin having like black blood come out of his mouth and then get carried off into the water um, with the procession of Penguin uh, coffin bearers? Yeah, I... That's dark, bro. Yeah, that's going to lead into our next Batman. But Tim Burton leans too far into a specific direction. And I think that that is what turned the majority of the audience off. Was it on leather? I mean, let... Was it Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman? Michelle Pfeiffer Pfeiffer as Catwoman, without getting too weird about it, was very formative... In the proper years of my life. Now, um, I've been a fan of all Catwomen, to be totally honest, because I was watching the original Catwoman. There was actually two in the in the yes, Adam West there was in the, the Adam mm-hmm. West uh, series. Um, but uh, sorry, mom. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman. Super good. I love the costume. I thought the costume was super good. All of the aesthetics, like everything looked to me, like look still mm-hmm. still looks super good and still still yep. holds up. But I, I think like Batman does best when it toes the line between being like gritty and dark, but still being palpable for the mainstream. And I think Batman Returns leaned extremely far into the bazaar. It was way more like a timber and acid trip. Yes. Than a Batman movie. Yep. But Michael Keaton. Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, and even Christopher Walken, all really oh. great in that movie. Yeah, don't forget that Christopher Walken plays, like, the crazy mayor he, of He was Gotham, the mayor, yeah. Um, in that film, and, like, Christopher Walken to the max, like, maximum. I mean, we're talking oh, almost like, I need more He was unfetteredly Christopher Walken in that movie. It was, <laughs> so, if, 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 if uh, some of you have not seen Batman 1989 and Batman Returns 1992... Highly suggest going out and see it. It's a fun romp. Um, it might be a little bit more accessible than the Adam West Batman. So, Michael Keaton as Batman, I think he was the style at the time, which is why he was cast as Batman. You know, he he had a string of blockbuster hits at that point. He did a really good, like, Bruce Wayne. The scenes where he was Bruce Wayne was was great. He was totally believable as, like, a regular rich, rich white dude. Yeah, but as Batman, it was a struggle, I think. Uh, How much of that was the fact that the costume prevented him from turning his neck? That costume might have been one of the main reasons. But that was also, at this point, one of the main reasons why he decided to drop out of the series. Oh, Michael Keaton didn't like the... He didn't like the suit, but he also didn't like the direction that the third movie was going. So, Where was the third movie going? Well, so let's let's talk about the third movie. <laughs> Segue. Uh, spoilers: There are no third movies, or is there? Is yeah. This, so, is, Batman is this... Forever is actually considered canonically the third movie of that franchise. Really? It is. Oh my god! So the so Batman Return? No, what's it called? Batman Returns was the second one. Batman Forever is the third movie. So Batman Forever is the third movie in the Tim Burton Batman trilogy. Yes. Even though it was directed by what, Joe Schumacher? Uh, it was Joel. It was directed by Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. Tim Burton produced it. 
Okay, okay. Um, but uh, Batman Returns was released in 1992. Okay. With financial success and generally favorable reviews from critics, but Warner Brothers was disappointed by its box office runs. So having made about $150 million less than the first film, Batman Returns was deemed a little too dark and inappropriate for children, with McDonald's even pulling their Happy Meal tie-in from Batman be- uh, Returns. I mean, there was, like, you watch Batman Returns, it was some, it was some dark stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, people got, I mean, I, I think, uh, again, we've already talked about spoilers for the entire Batman franchise, so Christopher Walken gets uh, electrocuted by getting a taser in the mouth by Catwoman. Yeah. And I think Penguin gets shot. Yeah, something something like that. Yeah, I think people but, get but shot I mean, like, and then like blood is like coming out all over the place. And you're just like, I don't think any of this bothered Warner Brothers. I think it was the sponsors, like the 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 Happy Meal tie-ins and the toy tie-ins. Like all these companies were just like, listen, this is a little too, a little too uh for us. If only they had that foresight into the future, where now they'll be like super well i mean movies just as disturbing as batman returns that come out that totally have like kid tie-ins and stuff yeah 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 (laughs) we won't go into specifics about that but not yet anyway we gotta wait for the one month embargo we're talking about uh uh, sam raby was like multiverse you want me to make a a pg-13 movie okay (laughs) (laughs) i can work with pg-13 or, no, this is Sam Raimi, so like, oh, I can work with PG-13, buddy. I hope your kids don't like sleeping. <laughs> um, so, one of the brothers decided that the primary causes of the film's financial results was its dark tone, so they asked Tim Burton to step down in favor of another director. Well, Sam Raimi was actually considered for the role. Joel Schumacher was selected for Hold on a second. the... Hold on a second. Now I'm imagining... A Sam Raimi Batman movie. A forever. Sam Raimi Batman movie. Right. And that might be amazing. Yeah. I, I'm not going to argue with you on that. And <laughs> even and especially a Sam Raimi Batman movie that wasn't bogged down by all of the last 30 years of Batman sh- stuff that we've had. Right? And it's like fresh off of Batman Returns. Like all of this... Yeah. So... I'll let you noodle on mind. that. But Sam Raimi was considered to direct the third Batman movie. But Joel Schumacher was ultimately selected after his job in The Client. Which one was that? The Client was a, a was Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee Jones, Jones? movie, okay. which might also explain why Tommy Lee Jones is in Batman Forever. But he was approved by Burton. The project, you know, like ultimately like went through several iterations. The original script introduced a psychotic Riddler with a pet rat accompanying him seven foot frame rats along his back when he speaks your name it all fades to black watch encanto okay i have actually not seen encanto i need bro you haven't seen encanto yet yeah (laughs) but the story elements uh and much of the dialogue still remained in the finished film though schumacher felt it could be lightened uh lightened up a little bit uh, Keaton initially approved the selection of Schumacher, but uh, then, through several story iterations, didn't agree with the direction that the movie was going. Plus, the costume was a little bit already uncomfortable. Michael Keaton looking to 
possibly do some other things, they ultimately decided to look for other Batman for the role. So they uh, initially, because Michael Keaton was originally going to be in this movie, they actually cast uh, Rene Rousseau as the love interest in the movie. And Keaton actually dipped out, even though they were offering about $15 million for the role. Okay. Um, the decision was made to go to a younger actor, and an offer was made to Ethan Hawke, who turned it down, but eventually regretted the decision. Schumacher had seen Val Kilmer in Tombstone. Tombstone. But, yep. Yeah. So, was, yep, was, was interested in him based on that, although he was also eyeballing Keanu Reeves, interestingly enough, who would later voice Bruce Wayne Batman in the movie uh, League of Super Pets. I'm going to be honest, I don't think I've seen um, League of Super Pets, um, but now I kind of want to. Yeah, but Keanu Um, Reeves is apparently Bruce Wayne slash Batman. I mean, Keanu Reeves, he was Bill and Ted and Bram Stoker's Dracula, like, I think in 1990. Yeah, so I, I can see why somebody would have passed him up. I think, like, where Keanu Reeves is now in his career, uh, oh. like, it, it, if they knew then what they know now, they they'd be like, why why aren't we casting Keanu Reeves as Batman? Had, we could have had, like, 20 years of Keanu Reeves as Batman, going yeah. all the way from year two to, like, Frank Miller, Dark Knight. Oh, and yeah, be like, absolutely. And be, like, old and broken... Um, Oh, man. If only. Oh. If only, right? <laughs> if only. Also, as far as other people who were in the uh, in the running to play Batman, Alec and William Baldwin, Dean Cain, Tom Hanks, Kurt Russell, Ray Fiennes of Voldemort fame, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, and Johnny Depp. Topical. Um <laughs> So, uh, who were the who were the bad guys in this movie? It was the Riddler and Two Face. Okay, were the bad guys. All right. I think ultimately it was Val Kilmer's turn as Doc Holliday in Tombstone that won him the part. But my personal thoughts are: I think the movie was more a vehicle for Jim Carrey than it was Who'd for the Batman. Played? What's that? Who did Jim Carrey play? Jim Carrey played the Riddler. Okay, and was and and this was and from what I remember at the time because I probably saw this movie in theaters. Um, this was like peak Jim Carrey. We're this talking, was this, like this was post, the cultural zeitgeist of Jim Carrey. This was post Ace Ventura. This was Cable Guy. This was like his string of nonstop hits that he was that he was doing. So you're saying that Val Kilmer almost had to play like the straight man. To Jim Carrey's Riddler. Yes. And even Tommy Lee Jones, who played Two-Face, was also, like, quite a, he like, was... a a bright and shining character. Yeah. To Batman. I was about to say, I was like, because I thought you were going to walk back, I thought you were going to say that, like, Tommy Lee Jones was, like, not as bright as Jim Carrey. No. But no, he stood up to Tommy play. Lee Jones was having as much fun as i've ever seen tommy lee jones have in my entire life playing freaking two-face like yeah, he, he absolutely everything you could tell that he loved every second of being that crazy yeah character. well because because he's such a dramatic actor in everything that he does it's just like all right so we just need you to be ridiculous for the entire run of this movie and he's like is there finally any, he's like is there any point that it's <laughs> going to be too over the top 
And they're like, no. At this particular point, no. I think uh, Jim Carrey dictated what was over the top and what wasn't at the moment. And I think at this particular point, Val Kilmer might... It might not, not have been fair to Val Kilmer with the movie that he was in, with the people that he was in. He was a little bit of the plain toast between Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones, and... Uh, Nicole Kidman? No, Nicole Kidman as the love interest. Yep, and, and uh, Chris O'Donnell, Chris O'Donnell as, Robin, as Robin. Like, all of these were, like, fairly well-known actors. I mean, and, and Val Kilmer was, was known. I mean, he was, he was in uh, Willow and uh, Top Gun. Was Top Gun before this? Yeah, Top Gun yeah. before this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely before this. And um, Willow, yeah. You said Willow already. I did say Willow already. Um, <laughs> Willow is the name of Chris's St. Bernard dog. Um, she's a beautiful dog princess um, <laughs> whom I love. Um, I love her droopy eyelids and her cherubic wrinkly face. <laughs> um, so the the aesthetic at this point was still a little bit of that Tim Burton. Yep. But it was definitely moving towards what we would see coming up next, which would be the like black lit neon it was very 90s whatever it was it was it was the 90s it was just smack dab in the middle of that but i think also there was i watched a really great uh mini documentary on batman forever by toy galaxy Mm -hmm. friend of the podcast yeah they don't know it but we know it we'll have them on yep uh toy galaxy does a lot of really great like uh short form documentaries Mm -hmm. on uh, essentially things that I'm nostalgic about, like things like my childhood, like Transformers, He-Man, you know, just like... You failed me for the last time, Scar- Starscream. But he did, uh, they did an episode on uh, Batman Forever, and they, they go into, or not Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, which you're about to talk about, and they, they, they talked about like how the studio was like, all right, we've got all of these toy tie-ins we've got all of these how many costume well we can talk about it yeah 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 we've got all of these costume variations we've got all of these like happy meal deals like we need this to be more kid friendly even more kid friendly than batman forever than batman forever because uh batman returns the second tim burton movie was too much yep it was too scary batman forever was a correction but then batman and robin was an Overcorrection. So I'm gonna let you. Batman Forever came out in 1995. It was a success enough um, that they decided to get a sequel out. Um, also directed by Joel Schumacher and starring a lot of the same cast they had before. Uh, Chris O'Donnell was coming back as Robin. They were not able to get Val Kilmer as Batman, and one of the reasons why he was in an, uh, an excellent movie called The Saint. If you have not seen The Saint, I love The Saint, starring Val Kilmer. There's our second movie recommendation for the week. But instead, they decided to get George Clooney. and He was big at the time. And again, yeah, he's big, and maybe they felt that he would be able to compete with like the other like big names in the movie, right? As opposed to maybe Val Kilmer, who got a, lot of bit, a little bit lost in the crowd of all the other people he was pairing with in the film. So they, they cast George Clooney as um, Batman and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman as the villains. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, of course, Honor Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, Uma Thurman, hashtag Celestial Bodies, as Poison Ivy. I love Celestial Bodies. It's one of the reasons why I like telescopes. This movie was definitely 
geared to sell toys and have kids like it. I know this because I was a kid when I saw it um, in 97. Oh my God, am I going to age myself here? In, in 97, I was 12 and it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Yep. Um, it was so bright and vibrant and there was so much color all over the place and, and black light and neon it was and... almost halfway back to Adam West Batman like they like they they made the U-turn at Batman Returns and are on the curve back up to Adam West Batman yep in the the campiness and kind of the silliness and the general over the topness there was a lot of like the bat card never leave the cave without it uh, and all of the quips that Arnold Schwarzenegger had all of the quips you mentioned something about his gun yeah, I so we, before we started recording, I made the we, we started quoting some of Mister Freeze's lines from Chill. Batman and Robin. Yeah, hey cops, freeze, <laughs> chill out. Chill out. <laughs> we we come to the conclusion that his freeze gun was powered by diamonds, diamonds, but also one-liners and quips. One-liners and quips. Yes. That's yeah, it could right. not fire unless he said something. Both diamonds and one-liners in order to function. Yep, yep. So, uh, what I killed remember, the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! <laughs> I remember seeing this movie in theaters, and it was definitely kind of a Phantom Menace situation, because I want to say I might have seen it with my older brother. He's nine years older than I am. He did not like this film. He also did not like the Phantom Menace. I loved both of those movies at the time. At the time. I was like 12 yeah. years old, right? Yeah. Like, what do I know from cinema? I um, also liked Phantom Menace. But it was, it was so bright and fun, and I really liked it. It honestly felt more... Ex- it was not made for adults, which is mm-hmm. probably why I liked it so much. It was much more accessible to a younger kid like me. Um, they were definitely selling toys. I think Batman and Robin and Batgirl. Alicia Silverstone. Who was also uh, the style at the time. Third movie recommendation of the week. Go watch Clueless. It's also Clueless about Paul is Rudd. an amazing movie. Uh, it's got it is a time capsule to an era. Watch it out. Super good. Alicia Silverstone. Are you married? <laughs> hold on, hold on. I got the Wiki, I got the Wikipedia article right here. Um, here's active spouse. Ooh, looks like she may be single as of 2018. Alicia Silverstone. What's up? My name's Daniel. Hit us up on our Instagram if you want to. And so this new Batman movie, it kind of felt almost a little bit like a like a cartoon. It was, yes. it was it was it was designed to sell toys. It was okay. George Clooney did a fine job of being Batman. I I, I honestly I don't know which one I like less, George Clooney or Val Kilmer. They're probably both on the bottom. I mean, yeah, they're both I would, on the bottom I would of my say Batman, like, but they're both like equally not meh. Yeah, I, I would say they both did Bruce Wayne pretty good, but Batman, they struggled a little bit. And I, that might have been because of what I expect Batman to be and the environment they were in, right? It's hard to be the type of Batman that I want to see when you're surrounded by black lights and glow sticks and it looks like you're at a rave and you just want to drop a little bit of acid and have some fun. So that was where that was where Batman and Robin ended. And honestly, and that was also Joel Schumacher. Yep. And it was not nearly as well received as any of the other Batman movies, right? We've kind of seen a, no. a steady decline of the popularity in like general public and that kind of thing. And so so that leads us to there kind of being uh, a a little bit of a hiatus between Batman movies. I think Warner Brothers kind of pulled back from the property a little bit after the f- box office 
disappointment that was Batman and Robin. What year was that? Was that 97? That was 97. So we had... And, and, and it was almost a decade betwe- uh, between... And here's the thing. And this is going to be hard for young people to understand. This was at a time where there had never been a really good comic book movie. No. Like, the closest thing we had was the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, which were, like, eh, kind of okay. I mean, they weren't super great, but they were okay for, for, for Superman. Yeah. Um, Batman was the closest to a mainstream... Yeah. Uh, like comic book adaptation, most of mostly though comic book movie adaptations were kind of a joke super at this terrible. point. A lot of like made for TV movies. There's like that Captain America movie that was super. Oh, awful. let's not talk about that Captain uh, America movie. Or the sh- Wa- Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie that never actually got released. Let me ask you this: Who knows the evil that dwells in the hearts of men? The Shadow knows. What night? Before Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin as the Shadow. Super good. Go watch. Go fourth movie recommendation of the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Go watch The Shadow starring Alec Baldwin. It is actually not terrible. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not super great, but it's yeah. not. It's not terrible for 1994 comic book movie. It was Absolutely. better than. It was light years ahead of anything they had. It was probably better. It was better than Batman and Robin, which came out five years later. This concludes part one of our Batman discussion. Uh, Stay tuned for part two, where we go into uh, further detail of the later versions of Batman. And uh, we may even get a little bit into uh, some competition. So stay tuned for that. And thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. (laughs) 